Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 571 of the Milk Bar, a theatre special. Jason Forrest here with you as ever, and coming up on the show, we'll be joined by the Grand Theatre's Adrian Jackson. He's their chief exec and also artistic director. Scott Bird from the press team will be along too. We'll have a chat with the wonderful Steve Bull. Uh, he's got an event coming up and he loves his theatre too, so we'll be having a chat with him about getting along and hopefully soon getting back to enjoying theatre. Ben Stock will provide a musical interlude from his latest album. He is, of course, a veteran of the stage at the Grand 2. And we'll have a chat with freelance artist Fran Richards about her work and how she gets involved with the Grand Arena Youth Theatre Group. That's on the way on the show. Chief Exec and Artistic Director at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre is Adrian Jackson and he joins me now for a bit of a chat about the current situation uh, around theatre in general. Hello sir. Hello there, how are you? I'm well, I trust we find you physically well. Indeed you do, indeed you do, yes thank you. Obviously a, a difficult time for you in work at the moment because usually you'd be planning you know, something, whether it be thinking towards Panto, which I hope you're still thinking about, but also about all the other things that take place at the Grand. And having seen so much work go into putting a fantastic programme together, to lose that to COVID, obviously, is a, a disappointment, but one which we're having to bear because of the situation the whole country and world is in. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it was just... Um... It's just been the most bizarre uh, few months, really. I, I mean, I, you know, the, the day we were told to close the theatre, we were in the middle of a get-in, um, and we suddenly had to turn the get-in into a get-out. Mm -hmm. And and down came the curtain, and it's been down ever since. And um, and it's and it's as you say, you know, we we we've been planning for for years, really, because you do plan eighteen months, two years ahead, mm -hmm. and then to suddenly have to stop. It's an unprecedented situation that nobody has been in before. And, you know, I've been talking to colleagues and theatre leaders around the world and everybody's in the same position. And it's extraordinary and reassuring at the same time because we're all kind of working together to try and, uh, you know, share ideas and share thoughts. Mm -hmm. But everybody around the world is in exactly the same position and it's extraordinary. And as we talk now on this meeting, uh, behind you is a virtual backdrop of the Grand. Uh, it almost feels like you want to turn around and look at it because, I mean, you, the, the view behind you is from the stage. It's a view that many thousands of performers have seen over the last 125 plus years now. And, and, and sadly, due to the COVID-19 situation, some of those have gone. I mean, the likes of Tim Brooke Taylor, who was on that stage back in January. Uh, absolutely and um, you know very very sad I've worked with uh, Tim in, in the past um, I've conducted concerts which he's presented and and, it, and again you know it, it's just to think that something like this can appear and, and, and take lives and, and cause so much international mayhem and wreck people's lives in the way it has it's just extraordinary really. And we, we think about those uh, and their livelihoods as well. I mean, that's a massive part of our life, their financial income. And I, I've seen so many performers 
not only you know, sharing the fact that they are singing and performing online uh, to keep themselves uh, entertained and the many thousands of people who are missing theatre, but also you know, they're going out and they're doing what we would call regular jobs and uh, we, you know, we, we're both people who have regular jobs, uh, so, so we appreciate what they're doing as well at this time rather than their usual entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. I think at the moment it's a case of, you know, everybody has to just do what they have to do and 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 and, and get by the best they can. And um, you know, at the Grand, I've got what 130 odd staff, uh, and there's there's probably five of us working. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think it it still hasn't sunk in that we're in this situation. You know, and I, as I said before, really we're talking to so many people in a, from this industry we keep pinching ourselves is this really happening and you just think we, we might just wake up tomorrow and it'll be all right again mm -hmm. uh, but that's not going to be the case sadly you know we've just got a plan and, and keep going yeah and and even those plans that you've been putting in place have uh, unfortunately had to alter uh, we've seen the the move that you've been forced to make uh, to keep the theatre closed until the end of August and and that is where we know to at the moment we, we don't know whether that will extend uh, we're hoping there'll be uh, something to alleviate the, the, the pressure which is on all industry, including the, uh, the entertainment world. And if were a vaccine to come along, it will be a game changer. But at the moment, the safety of the staff, the performers, and of course, your customers, the patrons, is vitally important. It, absolutely. And, and we must do that. And we are waiting for uh, guidelines and we're waiting for the next round of, of, of thought processes if you like because I've got something like 10 you know you mentioned plans I've, I think I've got about 10 at the moment and they change daily and you know if this happens we can do this if that happens we'll have to do that and and and, and it is a case of let's see what tomorrow brings and see what we have to do but as you quite rightly say the most important thing is we've got to gear up to keeping everybody safe um, and also not lose sight of the fact that the Grand Theatre will open mm -hmm. again. Of course it will. It will open again at some point in the future. And trying to plan for that, not knowing quite when that's going to be, is, is quite tricky. And, and I think we've, we've put a lot of energy during the last uh, month or so into next year and completing our 2021 programme because mm -hmm. we wanted to give people something to look forward to. We've, we've released uh, in the last couple of weeks quite a few major titles and I'm very pleased to say that you know they're doing really well people are wanting to, to people are buying tickets people are wanting to come back to the grand uh, but as far as this year is concerned we have to take it in bite-sized pieces and as you say we, we've announced now that we're going to be closed until the end of August uh, that doesn't mean to say there's not work going on behind the scenes because there absolutely is. Uh, there's a lot of planning going on, a lot of thoughts going on as to how we can reopen when we eventually can reopen and how we reopen. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so there's an awful lot going on and we're just having to think, you know, we're, we're creative people. Therefore, we've got to come up with creative ways of making our industry carry on. Yeah. And when we look at things like social distancing, that will be taken into consideration. And again, we don't know how that will look. We don't know how capacity on venues like the Grand will vary. And this all comes down to the licensing which you have in place, again, which is there to keep people safe. So, you know, this isn't something that will be taken lightly when it's time to go back. We will be relieved the theatre is open again, but it will be again taken in a respectful way for all those who are going to be part of it.
Mm, absolutely. And, um, you know, we, it is essential, really, that we're given that guideline, the guidance and, and given guidelines to work towards. Um, we're, we're all collaborating, you know, theatre leaders from, from not just the UK, but from around the world are regularly collaborating and talking about how they may rise to this challenge. Um, I was on a, an international conference last week, in fact, with people from America and Italy and various other parts of Europe. Uh, and, and it was very interesting to, to talk together, to, to share experiences and to share ideas as to how we may uh, look and, and what might happen when we do eventually uh, open our doors again. That said, obviously the team that you have working at the moment are doing everything they can when it comes to getting refunds to people. I know you, the, uh, the grant has been in touch both by email and by post uh, to uh, get information and refunds back. And equally, I know a number of patrons have been very kindly making donations, whether it be booking fees or in some cases full ticket values of shows which have now been cancelled and we won't see a postponed date for, uh, just to make sure that you look after the grant because, I mean, it is a charity. Uh, and as a custodian of a wonderful venue like the Grand, there's a lot of work that goes into keeping these places alive. It's seen its darkest days, those are the 80s. We have a bright future, but it's a bright future that everybody's got to work together on. Uh, absolutely, and, and, and it's been absolutely amazing to, uh, to receive so many kind wishes from the public. Uh, we, we've had emails, we've had letters. As you say, we've had donations. Uh, and not just not just donations from people who bought tickets, but people who haven't bought tickets and they're just wanting to donate to the theatre. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's been terrific. And, and, you know, that that great theatre and that great institution is 126 years old in December uh, and, and, and it will carry on and, and we will make sure it carries on. And, and the charitable aspect of it is very, very important that we deliver uh, the community benefits, we deliver education, we give young people their first opportunities of employment. There are so many things and that will carry on without a doubt. And, and, and you know, I am uh, with, with the team and with the board of trustees uh, absolutely committed to making sure that the Grand Theatre opens its doors, opens its doors again, and that we are able to continue to deliver those charitable objects to the community of Wolverhampton and beyond. Yeah, and you see that in the excitement of the comments on the Facebook page. Uh, I, I, everyone's been, you know, positive throughout, pointing out that it, you know, it is their theatre. They, they want it back. Uh, you see the efforts of different members of the, the team who, whilst they're furloughed, they are not uh, allowed to work. They are still doing things uh, which put together it's like variety shows and messages from actors and, uh, and all of those great things above and beyond what is, is necessary. They, they could be sitting at home doing nothing. They're not. They're being part of that uh, great organisation and, and continuing those efforts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a family. Um, Theatre and show business is not a job. It's, it's a way of life. And it's as simple as that. And, and you are with your family when you're at work. And, and, and um, you, you work together. You, when you're not together, you miss each other. And it, and it is a, you know, it's, it's a weird feeling that, uh, I mean, I'll be at the Grand Theatre uh, tomorrow. Uh, for the whole day and, and I will go and sit in the auditorium on my own and listen to the silence uh, and that might sound a bit weird but I, I can sit there and I can hear 
the, the sounds of the past and I can feel the vibe that is there. And of course, we have to remember, you know, we have to look after our ghosts as well. <laughs> um, we've, we've been, we've been uh, putting a lot of time into making sure that, that our spirits are happy at the Grand and we, we've left a ghost light on. There are many, many traditions in theatre and this is one of them, that there's all, there always must be a ghost light left on uh, when the theatre is dark, just to make sure that we appease our spirits and our ghosts can perform if they choose to. So. <laughs> Having been on a Facebook Live, we've been lucky enough to do down there and enjoy a ghost walk at that time, with a little help from the cast of the Adams family back in the day. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it is an amazing feeling. And, and you do feel the presence, and whether it's the presence of the, the laughter of the hundreds, thousands, millions of people who've walked through those doors, sort of resonating within the building and having absorbed in, or, or whether it's a young lady wandering around with a bag of lavender. You know that uh, you know th there is something special uh, about the whole fabric of the building. And it's like you, you, you mentioned uh, that we, we know it'll be back. Uh, there is the opportunity to donate. How do people get in touch? What do they do now? And social media is a, is a mighty valuable tool at this time. Absolutely, yes. I mean, there is... Um... Social media really is the is the best way. There are lots and lots of links currently on the uh, the Grand Theatre's Twitter page and Facebook page. Um, we've got uh, various uh, bits of information on the website. There is a feedback email address which is monitored every day. So if people want to get in touch with the theatre, they can do so through feedback. Uh, we are running on a very very small staff at the moment but we are making sure that we're looking after our customers and that we're responding to all of the the emails and the letters that, that we're receiving and i'm uh, tomorrow i'll be working through last week's letters and the weeks before because i've got a little bit behind with more because we've received so many but um, i will answer the, the ones that we've received i will an we'll be answering them so uh, either through twitter through facebook or through uh, the grand theater's website and, and once we have a date for theatres to be able to open, there's still going to be preparation work, there's still going to be things that have to be done to get shows back on the road. The logistics of getting sets and scenery to the right places, uh, getting casts back in and getting people ready to go. And I know that uh, there'll be work to be done there and the Grand will be playing its part in that too. Yes, I mean, again, you know, it goes back to making sure that we, we're given very clear guidelines uh, uh, from the government and from the health uh, professionals as to what we need to do, uh, and, and we will do it. Um, you know, we will make sure that everything is absolutely safe, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll be talking to, to, the, to the members of the team tomorrow who are working um, about uh, the various things that we've got to put in place or potentially may have to put in place. Um it goes back to what I was saying a few minutes ago, really, about about not knowing where the end is, and not and not knowing what finishing line. The finishing line keeps moving. You know, you think you oh, there it is, and, and then it moves again. And and and, and it's um, it, as long as we as long as we're given the time to to put those measures into place and the guidance uh, around those measures, then that will that's what will happen at the ground. It will be a very very safe environment for anybody visiting. Yeah, the show will certainly go on. Grandtheatre.co.uk is where you can find out about what's happening and book tickets. Of course, the social media feeds on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and Facebook. Share, make sure you enjoy the time uh, that you have away from the theatre as best you can, getting those little snippets and looking back at the history and be ready to move forward with some fantastic shows as uh, things will at some point get back to, to normal, near normal or new normal, whatever it is 
the shows will be there. Adrian Jackson, CEO and Artistic Director of Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Somebody who's more used to performing in a very different theatre as the Grand is Steve Bull, who joins me now for a bit of a chat about theatre and, of course, football too. Hello, sir. How you doing? You okay? I'm good. Are you keeping out of trouble? Just about. I'm uh, fed up with painting fences, cleaning ovens, <laughs> doing the garden. It's just like anybody else's life at the moment. Just got to get on with it. Absolutely. I mean, uh, when it comes down to theatre, though, we're all missing going along. And, I, you know, I, I normally see it with the Panto and a number of other different events throughout the year. You and the family enjoy getting over to the Grand to see a show or two, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And uh, I was thinking this morning, what, what else is there in Wolverhampton apart from football? It's a theatre. That is the second biggest thing in Wolverhampton. And it's it's just a shame it's had to suffer through this uh, COVID uh, virus. Yeah, I mean, it is a, a difficult time at the minute for many businesses. And obviously the Grand as a charity uh, needs support uh, the same way as uh, a lot of other people and places do. But uh, what memories have you got that stand out for your time visiting? Because like I say, I know you enjoy uh, a good show and, and often you and, and the missus are down there. Yeah, yeah, we, anything that comes up, uh, we speak to Vic at the Grand and say, I mean, can we come down and use the booth and, uh, you know what I mean, and, and see what shows are on. I just, I just think it's a, it's a brilliant, what can I say, outlet of life instead of playing football, instead of watching football. It's lovely to watch Panto and love to see the cast and... As you say, I've met a few of the cast as well and, and made friends with them or whatever, which is which is brilliant. And of course, you get to appear down there. Now we've all unfortunately already had to postpone the uh, the, the event on Italian ninety, uh, the thirtieth anniversary, and uh, this now is looking like the first of October for your chance to get down there. And, and you must be relieved that, that there is another chance to put in a new date to get down there and tell these stories. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 that's all being well. I'll go ahead on the 1st of October because of, uh, of, uh, you mean, two metres, two yards apart and whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping over the next month, two months, we're going to come up with a vaccination where we can all get back to normal, hug each other and sit next to each other. That is the only problem we're going to have if, if people are not sitting next to each other because with a grand being a quarter empty, it won't be the same. It no. needs to be full. When that grand is in full swing, cheering on and singing to the people, singing to you off the stage. It's unbelievable. And we know from how well the ticket sales have gone, you could fill it four times over, let alone a quarter full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the things, I think, uh, when, she, when you mentioned the name of Paul Gascoigne in, uh, in, uh, in, 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 in his sentence, people go, Gaza, oh man, I'd love to go and see him. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a couple of other, other visitors as well, uh, which we're going to, I mean, tell stories of what happened in the World Cup. Should we want it, should we not want it? Gaza, what are you doing about this and what are you doing about this bully? So it'd be a cracking night. And I mean, I think the name Steve Ball carries enough weight to fill the place without adding in Gaza and everybody else who's going to be down there. <laughs> and, and, and you've got a fair few tales to tell from, from your whole England career. I mean, uh, you know, caps in double figures, uh, a boy from Tipton could only dream of that, couldn't he? Yeah, they could. And I was, I was on about the other day, you know, I mean, it's like Rags to Riches, you know, I mean, it's the same as the, the theatre, Rags to Riches. It's one of them, you know, I was very, very fortunate, very lucky, uh, but I had the hard work going for me. Uh, if I hadn't got the hard work going for me, I'd have still been working in a factory now. So, but, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've done some many feats, as you say, I've been to the World Cup, I've got 13 England caps, you know, I've got a stand name after me, I've had MBE. I've been a very, very lucky person over my lifetime. And when it comes down to, you know, the stuff that you enjoy doing outside of it, I know you're a golf man, we've talked a bit about theatre, 
But uh, what else do you enjoy getting up to? Which bits of Steve Bull do people not normally see? Because obviously painting fences is something you're good at. Clearly, you've, you've kept out of trouble. But uh, Aaron, what else makes you think? Oh, I don't know. It's just it's uh, Steve Bull. Steve Bull is just like a normal other person. And you know, I love playing golf. I love socialising. I love having a, a glass of white wine with ice with all my mates and whatever. You know, me ride my bike, take the dog a walk. I'm like a normal down-to-earth person, what normal people do. You know what I mean? And I am a bit potty. I'm a bit <laughs> round the bend. But we all are now and again, aren't we? <laughs> well, I mean, in the, what, two and a half decades I've known you, you've, you've always been a good laugh as well. And uh, that's something we guaranteed on that night when you're down there on the uh, the 1st of October. As we say, fingers crossed the dates can, uh, can stay where they are. And... Uh, when it uh, comes to, to getting back to the theatre, I mean, are you lined up for, to, yeah, for maybe for a musical? Do you enjoy a good musical down there? I certainly do. I enjoy, like I say, I enjoy the ones of Christmas, also the year, you know, the Blood Brothers and stuff like this and whatever. I just love the theatre in general. It's just like a, a nice escape from everything. And uh, as you say, if anybody hasn't been to the Grand, and I publicise it all the time. It's absolutely superb. And I'm not just saying that because it's the Grand Theatre and it's Warbrampton. It's because it's absolutely brilliant. And it's nice to see other people the way they do their job instead of me watching me on the on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Well, grandtheatre.co.uk is where you can check out all ticket details for all forthcoming shows. I mean, it'd be great to see everyone showing their support. There's also, through their social media, ways to make donations as well uh, for the ongoing costs of uh, keeping the theatre alive in our city during this difficult time. But certainly when you've got a show like Italia 90 promises to be down there, uh, you know, it's guaranteed bums on seats, isn't it? And uh, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic evening when uh, we see you back on stage down there at the Grand. You, you will do, and uh, in the meantime, all these listeners who are what's going on, uh, if people don't know, the Grand is a charity, and you can raise money for them as well. So, you mean, the Steeble Foundation has helped the Grand uh, over, the, over the last few years. So, if we can do it, uh, get onto the website and uh, try and support them as much as they can. So, Steve, always good to catch up with you. Thanks for having a natter, and as I say, we're looking forward to that night when uh, we get to see you on stage at the Grand Theatre. Steve Ball, thank you very much. Fingers crossed. Good luck to everybody. Somebody who has been to the Grand twice in panto form is Ben Stock. He's made other visits too, but he joins me now for a chat. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I trust we find you well. Yeah, it's very good. It's nice to uh, get, out, <laughs> get dressed properly rather than lounge around in lockdown pyjamas. Well, there you go. This, this is part of making sure that uh, you're ready for the world. And <laughs> you, you're used to slapping on a bit of face to, to get on stage because we've seen you uh, as Dame in panto. Yes, I've done, uh, well, up until last Christmas, I've done 11 consecutive Ugly Sisters. And uh, my first one was actually at the Grand in Wolverhampton with the Crankies and Stefan Dennis. Um, and then a few years later, I came back with when Julian Clary was there. So mm-hmm. it's a theatre that holds a lot, of, uh, a lot of very good memories for me. And you, know, you visited theatres all over the country. And we know that the Grand is one of the finest examples and it's just such a, a beautiful looking theatre. And I mean, you don't see a lot of it from the stage when the lights are on, but uh, as those lights uh, you know, soften, you get to see the fantastic auditorium. And that, and that really helps build the atmosphere of you when you're playing a part. It does, and actually the Grand, the grand is such a lovely shape. You, you, slightly, you feel slightly cuddled by, <laughs> by it when you're on stage. Um, but I think the heart, as beautiful as the building is, the heart of any building is the people that work there. And um, Wolverhampton is very lucky to have an incredible group of people working 
back to grand. I mean, it's a few years since I've been there. I know there's been a, a change of regime, but um, uh, it, it must be the same. It just, that building creates something that has lovely they are a fantastic theatre family down there and that has continued from your last visit and you never know, we might see you again at some point in the not too distant future, we hope. I'd love to. <laughs> but if people do want a bit of Ben stock, uh, they can actually get an audio version of you delivered to their door, can't they? They can, yes. When I do my shows, um, uh, I always say you can legally take a little bit of me home. <laughs> um, yes, I've just released my second CD. Um, I had coming up quite a few Noel Coward cabaret gigs and mm -hmm. I thought well if I'm going to do some Noel Coward things I should make a CD. Of course all the gigs have been <laughs> postponed, <laughs> re rearranged. Um, but the CD I did I actually recorded it the, the week before lockdown um, and the manufacturer started up last week and I was its first order so they, they suddenly suddenly I had a thousand copies of a CD delivered. Um, <laughs> Been lovely. Uh, but not the gigs to sell them at, which would have been the plan, so they could uh, continue the Noel Caird experience when they left the building. However, it yeah. doesn't mean they're not for sale, uh, because uh, you are looking at selling these online. And, and tell us a, a bit of what that brought you to this Noel Coward show. How did that one come about? Well, um, Noel Coward is, is a figure that had just has always sort of crept up in my career, I don't, and I don't know why, because I... I didn't really chase it and I didn't know anything about him particularly. I mean, I knew who he was and I knew the plays. Mm -hmm. And then about 12 years ago, I played him in a show called Noel and Gertie, which is a two-hander about Noel Coward and Gertrude Lawrence. Um, and, uh, and I had to do exits of the plays like Private Lives and Blythe Spirit. And, and then we did um, lots of the songs. And it just tells the story of these two people. They were had a plutonic relationship but were the best of friends and he adored her and he wrote Private Lives for Gertrude Lawrence. Um, and that sort of started catapulting things um, that I just loved, I fell in love with his music, I fell in love with his wit um, and since then I've just done more and more of the coward stuff and when I took my show to America, my one-man show, um, I did it in New York and I sort of thought, people always say, oh, the New York, they love that English thing, they love them. And I thought, oh, that's a load of old baloney, you know, but it wasn't, it was true. They love this knockout stuff over there. So it just sort of catched up. And then at um, last Christmas, just before pantomime, uh, the Noel Coward Society have a big get together on Noel's birthday, which mm -hmm. is the 14th of December. And, um, and I was the cabaret, and so things sort of escalated from there as well. And that's when I decided to do a whole show of Coward stuff and, um, and do the CD. But I, one of my things that I love doing in my show is putting so different songs together. So although it's um, the CD I have it here, just happen to have one of the band <laughs> is called Ben Stock Sings Noel Coward. Um, there are actually songs by other composers that I've weaved in um, around Noel's uh, work. So mm -hmm. I do London Pride, which is an old coward song, which links in rather lovely, beautifully with um, A Nightingale Sang in Berkeley Square, which is not an old coward song. And I paired Dance Little Lady with two Gershwin songs. So it's not completely exclusively coward. But it still gives you that flavour and a, a bit of a hint at uh, yeah, looking around the music as well and it's exploring these things which can be so much more fun. And when it came to choosing the songs on there, obviously you, you put a show together so you've already been focusing on, on, on what to, to feature, what's going to be an audience pleaser. Uh, but certainly all of his stuff is and it must just been an absolute 
nightmare, but not a chore, working your way through all of it. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs. And there are some that um, I'd always shied away from that I thought I sort of have to include. I've done Mrs. Worthington um, for, for years, and that was on, I have a, I have a first album, <laughs> and Mrs. Worthington is on there. Um, so, uh, but I've, I've done Mad Dolls and Englishman on this, which is the first time I've ever done that. Um, and because I've always, it's always harder to sing the hits because everybody has a preconceived idea of what they're going to be like. Yeah. Um, but I, what I tried to do is pick some that people didn't know. Uh, there's a song called When My Ship Comes Home, which is beautiful and is hardly ever done. Um, so I tried to have a, a, a bit of a difference. And uh, I, one of the songs I enjoyed doing the most, um, actually, he only wrote the lyrics for. Um, the, there's a Cole Porter song, Let's Do It, Birds Do It, Bees Do It, Eden. And when it came over from America, Noel Coward rewrote the lyrics with uh, British reference points yeah. because the audiences wouldn't have known the American reference points. So I've recorded Coward's lyrics of that song as well. So that was great fun to piece that together. So all of this in one easy to uh, pop in your CD player form and uh, you can have these magical moments. As I always say, if nothing else, they make great coasters. <laughs> with, with your face on them probably, but there we go. <laughs> Uh, this is something which uh, you hope to get back on the road at some point? Absolutely, yes. I mean, at the moment, it, uh, nobody's... I'm not planning to rebook gigs. I had some booked. There's a wonderful room in London called the Crazy Cox, which is a, a little cabaret room. And um, I had a show booked there. I had two shows booked there. Um, but, you know, I'm waiting, waiting until they reopen and we know where we are with everything. We know mm -hmm. that everyone's safe. And at the moment, that just seems like the most... And I'm, I'm more, more importantly, I'm waiting to go and see my mum because I've not seen her for 10 weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's lots of things to do before you get the show back on the road, but it will happen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll get back out there at some point when everybody can... And there's no point in um, opening and then nobody coming because they're too scared. So it's best just to wait, I think, and then, you know, for these smaller shows like, like mine. Yeah, where you can actually enjoy uh, an intimate show and get the, the feel of the music and... It's about the wit, and I mean, some of this was a clever wordplay that allowed him to be rather risque at the time. Absolutely, he was rather near the knuckle at, at, at certain points. Um, and also just to, I'm hoping to breathe some life into it and show that these, it's, they're not museum pieces. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of people think, um, I certainly won't be doing it in a tuxedo um, with a long cigarette holder and <laughs> all of that. I think. That's, there's that, this image of Noel Coward that is very much of its time. And it is of its time, and that's part of its charm. Um, but if anybody happens to buy the CD, they'll listen to um, a song called There Are Bad Times Just Around the Corner. And the lyrics are as relevant today as they were when they were written um, about, you know, how uh, governments behave and uh, we treat each other. So it's absolutely as relevant as it was uh, 50 years ago, 60 years ago when it was written. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's good. Now, you've got a little bit of a flavour of some of the music for us. What are you going to perform? Uh, I am going to perform... Noel Coward is known for songs like Mrs Worthington and Mad Dogs and Englishmen, all these sort of rumpy-pumpy, lots of lyrics. But he was also an incredible, incredible ballad writer. So I thought I would give you uh, a song called Come the Wild, Wild Weather. 
So this is a live performance from Mr. Ben Stock. Before we hear you tinkle on the ivories, give us all the details of where people can get their hands on this fantastic music. It's quite simple. It's www.benstock.biz, B-I-Z. That's my website and you click on it uh, and it'll be with you ASAP. There you go. As soon as you can physically get this in your CD player and the music into your ears and a bit of Noel Coward, courtesy of Ben Stock, in your life, it'll be done. But always good to catch up with you. Uh, look forward to seeing you on stage soon, hopefully. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed it's uh, not too long before you can bring these brilliant tunes to a much wider audience in real life as well as on disc. Thank you so much. Keep safe, everyone. Thank you. Come the wild, wild weather, come the wind and the rain, come the little white flakes of snow, come the joy, come the pain. We shall still be together when our life story ends, for wherever we chance to go, we shall always be friends. We may fight while we're travelling through the years, moments of joy. for grief, reasons for tears. Come the wild, wild weather, if we've lost or we've won, we'll remember these words we've said till our story is done. Time may hold in store for us, glory or defeat, maybe never more for us, life will seem so sweet. Time may change so many things, tides will end and flow, but wherever life may lead us, always we shall know. Come the wild, wild weather, come the wind, come the rain, come the little white flakes of snow, come the joy, come the we shall still be together when our life story ends. For wherever we chance to go, we shall always be friends. We may fight while we're traveling through the years. Moments of joy and love and happiness. Reasons for grief. Reasons for tears. Come the wild, wild weather, if we've lost or we've won, we'll remember these words we've said till our story is done. We'll remember these words we've said till our story is over and done. Till our story is over and done. Scott Bird is the press and PR manager down at the Grand Theatre, working on many a show, bringing you little treats before it arrives on stage and then some great behind-the-scenes stuff when it's all actually happening, working with the cast. He joins me now to tell me more about his world. Hello, sir. Hello. So, obviously, 
missing theatre no end and uh, I know that that's been as difficult for you as anybody because you are normally going to see several shows a week in addition to uh, what you do when you're at the day job. Yeah, no, it's true. So I, uh, I never really leave the theatre, so I work in one and then when I go home, I just either go out of stage door and back in through the front or I go to another theatre and uh, and that's something that I'm really missing at the moment um, mm. for work and for, for pleasure, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, you're often up and down the country. You've spent an awful lot of time in the West End uh, and you had a, a great time uh, uh, even being in an audience for a filmed version of one of the uh, the shows, which is hopefully going to make its way onto a small screen near us sometime soon. Yeah, no, it has already. That was uh, back in November. I was really lucky because we'd been working on, um, we had Kinky Boots at Wolverhampton Grand. Um, I got to go and sit in, the, sit in the audience for the West End version, which has been filmed. And that was out in the cinemas in, I think it was February that came out in the cinema. And I got to go and see it uh, again in the cinema and spot myself in the audience. But <laughs> that is actually, if you're missing theatre, that's actually online now. If you subscribe to Broadway HD, you can uh, you can watch Kinky Boots uh, film live in London on, on Broadway HD. So if you're missing theatre, that's a way that you can um, get involved and, and support the people who sort of made the, the work as well. Absolutely. And then and, and to say it's a difficult time for performers, whereas many theatre staff are furloughed, there'll be uh, people who are freelance who just won't be receiving funds in the usual way at all. Yeah, no, it's so difficult because the, the, the performing arts world is, is so tight and it's so close-knit, but then there are so many different branches within it of people who are, you know, I suppose really I'm one of the lucky ones, really, you know, I'm, I'm out of work, but I'm benefiting from the furlough scheme at the minute. But um, there are so many, as you say, who are freelance actors, performers and, and artists in, in general who just haven't really got that support or the same support. Um, and it's really important that we, we support them and the, well, the government support them, but that we can support them in any way we can, one of which is by supporting acting for others. Now, unfortunately, my, my, my camera and my desk is a bit low, but if I stand up, you'll see this T-shirt. Right, the show must go on resplendent across you. Yeah, um, and they also do um, the notebook. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's plenty of other sort of theatrical merchandise, which is really nice, and that's just one way of supporting one of the... One of the many theatrical charities that are out there and they sort of fall under this um, umbrella uh, acting for others which is a really special charity um, that sort of supports all out of work actors at any time but now it's it's really important more than ever that we support acting for others uh, and it was a, it was a charity that was started like back in the 60s mm -hmm. uh, you have the likes of Laurence Olivier, Noel Coward, Richard Attenborough they came together just to do like um, a fundraising night um, and that has sort of developed over the years and, and has now become this, this charity acting for others that supports all those out-of-work actors. So lots of good work being done there. And uh, obviously there's the, the work being done to keep things going at the Grand. And uh, as Adrian has been telling me, there's literally a handful of people keeping, uh, the, I was going to say the lights on, or in particular one light on, the ghost light on the yeah. stage. But uh, there's, you know, there's a, a handful of people keeping things ticking over, uh, helping out when uh, shows have been moved, uh, reallocating tickets, etc. But uh, I mean, you will be eager to be marketing a show again soon. And there's some great stuff coming up, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's 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 really exciting that we're able to to look forward. It's you know, it's um, 
we have to keep positive and whilst we we don't know when we're going to be able to reopen i know that adrian and, and the senior management team are, are working really really hard to sort of safeguard the future of the theater and adrian in particular has been he's just done an article in the express and star and then yesterday there was an article in um the birmingham post where it's just keeping positive, keeping the theatre name out there, and and we will return. Um, and so we've put some shows on sale for um, for 2021. Um, you know, they announced uh, Waitress, um, which is straight from the West End, first time on tour, Hairspray. So they're really nice shows that the the people who are still working at the Grand are, are sort of putting on. Uh, to give us a little bit of light, a little bit of hope, and, and if people want to book those, they can do. They're, they're on sale um, right now, some of them and others um, in June, and that'll just keep money coming into the theatre and help safeguard it for the future. Yeah, and uh, that's obviously uh, the, the main concern at the moment. Of course, there's the option to make charitable donations as well. That can be done through the Grand Theatre's uh, Facebook pages, and there's links in there, and of course on Twitter. Instagram as well. There's going to be uh, some bits and pieces. Instagram is normally the, the the busiest when you're going behind the scenes with a cast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. We usually when we you know when we are at work and we are able to and we've got a show in, we tend to hand our Instagram over to one of the cast members and they'll go around the theatre and show us backstage. And that's what people like. You know, they like to they like to know the stories behind the theatre. And that's why my job is so special. And that's why I love it because it's not just working in a theatre. It's 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 meeting all of the different people, either the audience members or the cast members or the crew members. And everybody has got a really nice story to tell, which sort of leads me on to to my fund raising project and why I why I decided to do something like that from from home mm -hmm. and yeah you've been uh, talking to a, a large number of people who have been involved and been on stage and uh, you've got Sooty making part of the appeal as well I mean who else <laughs> who else uh, a little bear that doesn't speak uh, can do so much for charity um yeah he um blessed bless Richard and Sooty they were they were in the panto sleeping beauty you remember mm -hmm. um the year before last and they went down so well with our audiences and were such a favourite that I couldn't not have them in the video. And Richard being so uh, so generous with his time has been uh, with Sooty and Sweet filming lots of things for lots of charities and acting for others. Uh, and it was an honour really that they, uh, they got involved and they were so happy to get involved to support the grand. And that's one of the things that I found through doing this campaign that there are so many people that love the Grand Theatre uh, and will do anything to support it. And that was, that was really nice. So you can see this video online. Where do people go to for that one? So it's on um, it's on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page. It's um, it's a it's a public post, so you'll find it if you just search Scott James Bird. But um, the the lovely team who are still working at the Grand Theatre shared it on the Main Walls Grand uh, Twitter and Facebook page as well. Or if you just go to justgiving.com forward slash Walls Grand Community, there's a link to it there as well, and that's where you can uh, make any donations if you did so wish. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's a worthy cause to make sure that uh, that future is secured, which is the important thing at the moment. And it means we can get back to doing some Facebook Lives. Again, more stuff from behind the scenes when yeah. we get a chance to sit down and chat with casts of, of brilliant shows down there. We have so much fun, don't we, Jason? It's a right giggle. And whether it's been uh, people designing phases on watermelons, uh, creating marzipan men for uh, Rocky Horror, uh, or just the, the fantastic quiz we had last year with the, the cast of Club Tropicana. We get to have a great giggle with them. Yeah. And, and they're always so pleased to get involved because it's part of the ethos of what they do, isn't it? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody I've ever spoken to about the Grand Theatre says it feels like their home, their home theatre. It's so cosy, it's so warm, it's so welcoming. And the cast members feel the same as well. And I think that's why they're so willing to just get involved and, and you know, do silly things that we do on Facebook Live, like you say, make watermelon faces <laughs> with dirty dancing cast members. And we just have so much fun. And I think that comes across. And I think that's why people sort of are so willing to, to support the Grand and hopefully get back there as, as soon as possible. So. Give some support, look out for Scott's video, look for it on the, uh, the Facebook page and the Twitter feed of the Grand Theatre or search for Scott James Bird on Facebook and you will find him there. And he's got that face and everything there so uh, you'll be able to see him. And yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> get involved, uh, drop some money that way and yeah, help to make a difference. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure on everybody to, to, to share funds wherever they can at the moment. And as you say, the, the Grand is certainly a worthy cause. And in fact, join the friends of the Grand as well, if you can, to help out when you're coming to get tickets. Yeah, absolutely. You can buy a ticket, that helps. You can become a friend of the Grand. You can buy yourself a seat plaque in the seats when we can eventually sit back on them. Um, and you can buy a, a brick on the wall. They're all different prices and they're all on there if you just go to the Grand Theatre website, grandtheatre.co.uk, and just click support us. There's a whole load of ways that you can become a member and support us. And I should just add as well, if you did want to support Acting for Others and the Theatre Support Fund and get any of this, their website is theatresupportfund.co.uk. So look out for the details on that one as well and share a bit of love across the theatre industry, uh, which certainly uh, needs to know that you're still there for it at the moment. And uh, there's been some great things online uh, with casts of many, many shows putting some fantastic entertainment out there. So if we can pay that back in any way by making sure the venues and the, uh, yeah, the whole support structure is there for them, that would be absolutely brilliant. Scott, always good to talk to you, always fantastic to work with you. And I look forward to a nice press trip off to see a good show sometime in the near future. You too, Jason. Let's hope it's soon. Fran Richards is a senior practitioner with the Grand Arena Youth Theatre. She joins me now for a bit of chat about her world, particularly being a freelancer and everything that's going on there at the moment. Hello. Hello, nice to see you. Well, good to see you too. Good to actually have a catch-up because we normally see each other at events and things like 1448 ongoing throughout the whole year. And uh, obviously you're regularly down at the Grand involved in everything they do. But uh, yeah, none of that at the moment. I'm missing it, are you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely being around. I'm such a social person. It's so weird to not be around people and be like taking part in all the events. So, I mean, what's, what's it meant to you as a freelancer? Because uh, you'll have been doing your tax returns, so in theory there might be some financial assistance, but it's not an easy time getting through all of this, is it? No, not at all. I mean, I remember really clearly the night that Boris Johnson sort of announced that all the theatres, people shouldn't be attending theatres, and then after that, all the theatres started to close because it was a youth theatre night. Mm -hmm. um, and I was there with all the young people, um, and they were all saying, you know, we don't want to not have youth theatre. And I was saying, well, we've got to follow the rules. And that night, you know, really sort of quite sad for someone who loves the theatre so much to see on Twitter, just theatre after theatre after theatre, um, announcing closures. Um, but yeah, for me, quite a scary time. Um, thinking about how I'm going to pay the bills, how I'm going to make sure I keep a roof over my head. Um, I've been actually one of the lucky freelancers with the government support in that I've actually received some of the, um, um, some of the support. Mm -hmm. um, but I know there are lots of people who haven't because of one reason or another maybe fallen through the cracks. And so I'm in a really privileged position. 
Um, and I work with some incredible companies who have, you know, in one way or another, been able to still send some work my way, which has been really great. Um, so yeah, a, a very strange time, but sort of, you know, I hope to use the word, but unprecedented. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, could anyone have seen this come in? I'm not sure they could have. And, you know, it's something that I think will go down in history as a real marker in how responses have happened. Mm -hmm. And it's a different world we live in now compared to when there have been yeah, similar things in the past going back literally hundreds of years. And it, the, this in itself, it could spawn quite a lot of theatre to come out of it. I know people have been writing things around the whole yeah, situation. We've seen enough films about pandemics anyway. But this is really something that we've all lived through in the same way as we get you know, interesting biopics on celebrities and, and, and looks at real life events. Actually, I think this is going to be uh, an interesting kickstart for a lot of different theatre, and particularly because of the way in which things are going to change as far as social distancing goes for at least some time yet. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we're all hoping that Corona the musical doesn't happen, mm -hmm. but I think there could be um, just examining how relationships have been able to continue. You know, um, in some ways, I've communicated more with friends and family during the last 10 weeks than. I usually do because we're having quizzes and we're having Zoom calls and um, it, in a way it's been really nice to examine the strength of those relationships and I think that is what theatre is all about. It's about telling stories about people and the fabric of their lives and this is exactly where we thought of really get down to the nitty-gritty of who we are as humans. Um, you know, it's not about the fancy car you drive or the roof over your head. It's about how you communicate with others. It's about the relationships with others. And I think that will make for some really great theatre. And I think we've seen some fantastic products coming out of the setup that theatre companies are making from home. Um, I've been involved, you mentioned 1448 earlier, um, 1448 working from home. So they've taken the whole festival online and we've seen people performing in plays that have been written overnight, scored overnight, directed, and learned, and being performed via Facebook Live. It's been incredible. And I know that's only one of many, many, many platforms that, you know, theatre makers have been so creative and come up with ways to make this time a creative period. And you know, from, from now, we've got to see what happens going forward. Uh, we know that the, the dates surrounding theatres opening are movable at the minute whilst we wait for full government advice and all of that. And I know the grant are doing everything they can to make sure that they can get back up and running as soon as it's safe to do so. And it's safety that's at the centre of all of this. And you know, it, it's for the, from a performer's point of view as well, you've got to know that, uh, that you're in a, a good, safe position when you come to actually take, take to the stage. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that has always been, I think, of utmost importance to most companies is that actually the well-being of your company, your performers, your crew is, you know, utmost. And I think, you know, theatres have to be applauded for their response to this crisis in that, you know, they took the very risky strategy, many of them, to shut before it was, you know, bound by law that they should shut because mm -hmm. they were putting the safety of their performers, their creatives, and their audiences first. And I think that is a real reflection of the theatre world, the theatre community, and the respect that is given and haven't 
you know had for other people um yeah but as a performer you know you do so much of you know we talk i've just spoken about the relationships that we've found during this time and so much of you know reflecting those relationships on stage and you know really portraying them accurately is having closeness with the people you are performing with so i think it will um throw up some challenges for directors and as i say the theatre company in how do you find that you know those core relationships those really important things that the audiences thrive on without having physical closeness so we don't know what's going to happen going forward we do know there is the creativity there to make it work whatever it is and we know that everybody in the world of theatre is working hard to ensure that we've got the brilliant arts that we've always had to go back to possibly even with an extension of it because everybody's appreciating art so much more having seen so much of it online over recent weeks and months and from your point of view then as a freelancer it's your chance to get yourself out there give us a plug for where we can find you oh me um well you know, I usually at the Grand or at the Arena Theatre, I do a lot for both companies. But, you know, if anybody's interested, I'm sure there will be a way you can contact me. <laughs> I work as an actor and as a director, and I do lots of different things in terms of festival management. Um, so if you're interested, I'm sure get in touch with Jason and he can point you in my direction. Absolutely, um, we can do that. <laughs> I think in terms of all um, freelancers, it's just bear them in mind, you know, there's lots of people at the moment who are going through a really tough time and you know when we are all back up and running maybe just think maybe a freelancer could do this have I got someone who would appreciate the support think of the people who maybe live if you know someone in your street who runs a local business who you could support rather than go into a big shop or whatever think about supporting them instead and I think in terms of if you have the means support the people who need it most at the moment. Yeah. And if you are a lover of theatre and all create things, think about how you can best support your local theatre or your local creatives. Yeah, and certainly we can hopefully lose the, well, you can do it for the exposure. I've had plenty of exposure. That's the reason you know about yeah. them. Now pay the bills. Yeah, I can't cook exposure for my dinner. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting times ahead, but interesting times made better by the creatives in our world. Fran Richards, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Jason, and keep doing what you're doing. You're brilliant. Thanks a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 572 next week. I'll see you then. Turn it off for now. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.